0: Again, I like dancing twice i don 't know about you uh, hey good morning it 's great to have you in the room with us if you 're watching us online. welcome um, as we get started this morning, I just need to confess something right up front. Um, I have a bit of a problem, and it involves eating and uh, I know some of you are like, "Yeah, we can tell um, Not that kind of a problem. Um, really, the problem with eating is deciding where so what happens is most of the time when somebody asks me, "Hey, where do you want to eat?" I typically respond with don't care. I don't care. My friends and my family they'll say, "Hey, where where do you want to go to eat? What do you want to do?" Da, da, da. I'm like, "Meh. I just I just want to eat. I don't really care what it is. I just and they'll maybe roll out a couple of options. They're like, "Well, okay, we could do this or we could do this or we could do this." And I'm like, "I I don't I don't care. I I I'm just kind of in this meh whatever. It's going to be food. I'll probably like it. Where do you guys want to go? You guys pick. Doesn't matter. I'm just sort of And it's not that I don't like food. I I love food. I'm just, I just tend to be indifferent and a little apathetic when it comes to helping pick where we're going to go, which really isn't all that big of a deal when it comes to eating out. My friends and my family would probably say it's a big deal because they get frustrated. They're like, Brent, please weigh in. I'm like, "I, I I don't care. So when it comes to food, I don't think it's all that critical. But when we start to consider other areas of our life, it's a little bit more critical. When, when we start to look at how we should be living or not living, we can't really just approach it in the same way with, eh. So today I want to make a little bit of a shift as we're talking about this idea of following the leader. Because it's really important that if we're going to follow Jesus as our leader, if we're going to follow him, it's important that we watch what he did and that we imitate what he did and that we reflect the way that he approached things. But we also have to recognize that sometimes his words and what he directed us to do was what he didn't do. Sometimes we have to pay attention to the things that and become aware and take notice of the things that we we should avoid. And in the same way that we have to follow our leader in what to do, we also have to follow our leader. In choosing what to avoid. We have to start to wonder, we have to ask ourselves, how Jesus feels when we begin to make certain choices in our life. When we start to become aware of all that Jesus has done for us, but our response is similar to mine when asked where we want to go to eat. When we think of all that Jesus has done, when our response is like, eh, whatever. I mean, Jesus, I really like what you did for me. It was a really great, you know, gesture. Thank you so much. It's not really enough to change the way I live, though. So I want us to consider, how does Jesus feel when, when we think about the fact that, that He left heaven and came to earth, and that He sacrificed everything for us, that He was tortured, bled to death, died out on the cross, that He was killed, that then, then after He died, He went and He kicked the devil's backside, and then He rose from the dead, and then He gave us His word, and, and we still get to read it today, and now we have access to the throne of God through prayer because of what Jesus did. And then Jesus charged us and gave us the opportunity to be a part of the spiritual mission that he established. He gave us the very same power to work within our lives and to face things. This very same power that raised him from the dead is available to us. And all of that happened, and all of that is available. And oftentimes, day in and day out, we're like, "Hmm, Jesus, oh yeah, I did think about him today. I prayed for my meal. Or we don't really give much thought to the, to the gift that he's given. And the way that he's provided, we're just a little bit like, eh. So today what I want to do is I want to focus on if you and I are going to follow our leader and really hear his words, we have to recognize that we have to strive against and we have to work against the idea of being spiritually indifferent. As we read through the Bible, we come to the very last book, the book of Revelation. And in Revelation, Jesus writes seven letters, seven letters to seven different churches, and these letters are powerful. One of the particular letters that he wrote, um, he's writing to a group of people that are a little bit like me when picking where to eat. When it came to spiritual ideas, when it came to living out what Jesus called them to, they were like, meh, whatever, don't care. The church was in Laodicea, and this was a powerful community. Laodicea had actually been destroyed about 35 years prior to this by an earthquake. But since the earthquake, they had, they had rebuilt. They had come back strong. They had, they had stadiums. They had theaters. They had these lavish bathhouses, which, you know, like a spa. Like, we're all like, yeah, bring it on. Shopping malls. I mean, they had it. Laodicea was kind of like Dubai or Las Vegas today. I mean, it was, the, it was the hot place. If you were up and coming, if you were a thing, you would go there. You wanted to be seen. I mean, it was, it was the place to be. The problem was, in this particular community, in Laodicea, they had an inadequate water supply. So if everybody's coming, and if everybody's showing up, but you don't have enough water, we got trouble. So Laodicea built these aqueducts where they actually brought in water from two different places. They brought in water from Colossae, and they brought in water from Heropolis. Now, little known fact, um, Clark Kent actually started his newspaper career at the Daily Report in Heropolis. Nobody, yeah, all right, whatever. I don't have a lot of jokes, that's the only one. But anyway, um, so... Heropolis and Colossae, they, they, they basically have, they're known for two things. Colossae is known for really, really cold water, soothing, refreshing cold water. Heropolis is known for their, for their hot springs, this, this medicinal water that you could take a really hot bath in and it would be good for you. And, and so what they decided to do is they were going to pipe in water from both of these places. The problem was, it took so long to get the water from Colossae, and it took so long to get the water from Heropolis, that by the time it reached them, it was lukewarm. It was no longer cold, it was no longer hot, it was just sort of dirty and lukewarm, and so Jesus is writing to a community about a problem of indifference in their life, and he used a connection to a situation that they would be very understanding of, highlighting what he was saying with an issue that they would understand, this idea of hot water, cold water, not being either. So in that context, this is what Jesus said to them. It's on the screen. It's in your notes. It says this. Jesus says, "'I know your deeds, that you are neither hot, you are neither cold nor hot. "'I wish you were either one or the other.'" So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Jesus is like, I've been paying attention to your life. I I know what you did this past week, and I've been watching, and I've been seeing how you live. And what you're doing is basically, meh. Your actions are whatever. Whatever. The way you're living, it's not hot, it's not cold. And as you all know, there's a purpose to both. And right now, you are neither. Jesus is saying, you you are spiritually stale. It is depressingly detached, the way that you're living. Jesus is like, after all that I did for you, after all that I've called you to do, after all that I've empowered you with, you don't seem to care. Jesus is saying, you just seem to be spiritually indifferent. And Jesus doesn't say it just breaks my heart. He doesn't say it just hurts me. He's actually saying it kind of turns my stomach when I think about all that I did for you and you don't seem to care. And because it turns my stomach, I just want to spit you out. And when we look at our lives and we look at how we're living and if our lives are, yeah, whatever. Jesus is saying, listen, if you're going to follow me as your leader, that's not going to work. That's not the way that I've called you to live, especially when you look at all that I've done for you. And I'm guessing that the reality of it is that most of us, if we ever find ourselves at a place of indifference, we didn't actually ever set out to reach that state. I mean, rarely do any of us generate a plan where we say, you know what, I'm I'm gonna work really hard and I'm gonna give my very best, and all of that is gonna be aimed at being mediocre. Like, that's never where we set out to be. But as we keep reading this letter, what we discover is that indifference in our life grows out of two causes. There's two things that kind of grow in us that lead to this indifference. And if we're going to follow the leader, if we're going to avoid being apathetic, if we're going to avoid the place where Jesus is like, I'm just going to spit you out, then we need to understand two causes that lead to indifference. The first cause is this. The first cause is self-sufficiency. This is what Jesus says to the people of Laodicea. He says this He says, You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. We look at our lives and we consider, when we're considering our spiritual conditions, it's really easy for us to say, I got it. It's really easy for us to look at the situations in our life and be like, Jesus, I'm good. Jesus, I kind of got it figured out. I, I don't hate people. I don't steal things. I, I'm super polite at stoplights and stop signs. I'm like, you go. you know, No, no, come on. You know, you, I, Jesus, I, I, am, I got this living thing locked down. Not sure I really need your direction or your help very much. I mean, I'll take the whole forgive of sins and keep me out of hell. I like that part, but the rest of it, I'm pretty good. I mean, I got a car, I got an iPhone, I recently got it upgraded. Netflix is dialed in, Snuggy. I mean, I. Jesus, I'm pretty much good on all of the need stuff. And since I'm not going to bother you with the need stuff, why don't you not bother me with the stuff where I'm going to have to change things about myself? That's, that, that'll be our deal. Like, I won't bother you, you don't bother me, we'll just kind of keep it on a higher level. And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah I recognize you have all this stuff, but you're spiritually void your your life is full of things but you're lacking what matters in life full of stuff empty on meaning we look at our lives and we're like well i have everything that i need and jesus is saying listen you you aren't really as good as you think you are You, you aren't really seeing what you think you see he's like yeah you got a lot of stuff but you're still really poor You're actually not wearing any clothes. You're actually being exposed for who you are. And we think we have all that we need, but really we have no idea. We see what we have, and we see all that that we can accomplish on our own, but then we're spiritually lacking. And it's this this illusion of self-sufficiency. And because we feel like we're self-sufficient, and because we fall into that illusion, it leads to indifference. We're like, I got it. Don't bother me. The second thing that can cause this whole idea of indifference is just the distractions of this life. Jesus tells a parable uh, in the book of Mark where he's talking about this farmer that goes out and he's, he's planting seeds and he's walking around and he's throwing the seeds on the ground and he's getting ready to you know plant the seed and hoping it would grow. And, and some of the seed starts to grow. It starts to take root it starts to grow up. And then this is what Jesus says in Mark 4.19. He says, but the worries of this life... The deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. This is sadly the story for so many of us. Maybe you come to church, or maybe you're watching online, and, and you, get to, you hear the words of Jesus, and you're challenged by, by how he speaks, and you're, you're challenged to move, and you're challenged to change, and, and you're prompted, and you're like, yeah, God, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to do those things. I'm going to change my heart, and I'm going to change my mind, and, and spiritually, you feel this start to push something. You're going to change your actions, and then all of a sudden, life happens. Like you, like, you didn't do anything wrong. It just, life happened. A kid gets sick a car breaks down, a neighbor's in need, one of your kids did something wrong and you had to discipline, which takes all kinds of time, kids, those of you in the room, just be kind. parents. Maybe you've got a daughter and they've got to get to practice and you've got a son and he's got to get to a lesson and you've got you got bills to pay and there's dishes to do and there's this and there's the dog that needs to be washed and on and on and all of it's happening and, and all of a sudden life just happens and the choices just, you forget. You forget. You weren't trying to forget, you just got distracted. You, you were looking at Jesus, and you heard his word, and then all of this stuff happens, and it just sort of overwhelms us. And in all of that process, we're like, yeah, I still kind of love Jesus. I'm just really tired. I just, I just kind of want to relax a little bit. And we become indifferent. Because we feel like we're self-sufficient, and we can handle it, we become indifferent. And because sometimes we get distracted with all that life throws at us and all the things that are coming, we become indifferent. Now, now I'm assuming that because you've decided to to come to church this morning, or because you, you're watching online, that, that you're not striving for indifference. None of you showed up this morning and you're like, you know what? I'm trying to be lazy in my faith. I don't I don't think that's where any of us are. And if you are, well, congrats. I mean, good job. You were trying to be lazy and you came. That's a real win. But but what we have to understand and what we have to recognize is that there are times where even where we think we're doing it right or we're living it, we have to begin to be able to tell how is it that I can see when I'm drifting? How is it that I can begin to recognize in my life when when I'm not staying active and pursuing what I need to pursue and beginning to recognize, "Oh, oh, oh, I'm drifting. I probably need to change some things. I probably need to alter some things. I'm probably getting lazy spiritually and I'm becoming indifferent and I need to get this back on track. How do I follow the leader? I think there's six indicators, six things that I've seen in my own life, six things that I've seen in other people's lives, lives that will really help us begin to recognize when indifference is starting to set in. Six indicators that I think can really be some evidence for us of lukewarm indifference. Six things that we can look at. Here's the first one. Um, These are all in the notes, but the first one is that we just begin to have a greater concern with impressing people than living for God. We become so concerned with what is everybody thinking? Do they like me? Am I popular? Will I blend in? Do they like what I said? Do they like my posts? Do they like my hair? Do you like my shoes? What about the music that I listen to? We still cool? We vibing? You know, we, we, what do the kids say? I don't even know what kids say now when they like each other. I should not try. It makes me look older. But we become so obsessed with what are people thinking and all of these things that we forget, like, what does God think And when we closely look at the life of Jesus, he was locked in. He was on target, recognizing the only person, the only individual he was worried about impressing or honoring or bringing glory to was his father. He really wasn't concerned with what people thought. So that meant he was able to speak with passion and with truth. And at the same time, he was able to speak and live with grace and with mercy And if you and I are going to follow our leader, it means we have to love people, it means we have to care about people, it means we have to extend grace to people, but it also means that in all of that, we're not living to impress others, we're living to bring honor and glory to God. That's our goal. And when that's not happening, when we're not living to impress Him, but to impress others, there's a chance that we're starting to slip into indifference. Indifference. The second evidence of indifference or lukewarmness is that we have an obsession with life on earth rather than eternity. And the greatest thing we can do here is just take a look at how you invest your time, how you invest your resources, how you invest your money, your energy. And if the things that all of that is focused on are things that won't last past the end of this world or towards toward your time when your time is up on this planet, if all of the things that you are focused on won't last, then that means you're more concerned with now than eternity. And we're living for now, not concerned about the future. And it's a sign of indifference. Third evidence of indifference is rationalizing sin and living without truly fearing God. We're, we're really good at this one, by the way. We we're so good at rationalizing our own sin. And one of the ways that we love to do this is we create really high marks for other people to attain, and we re- pay close attention when they're violating the character of God in that high mark that we created, and we're like, oh, oh look, look, they're not, they're not doing it right. Because then, when somebody calls us out, or actually when God calls us out, or we get brought something, something gets brought to our attention that we need to address or that we need to consider, or something inside of our hearts or our minds of the way that we're living that we need to change, we're like, e- yeah, but look at that sin over there. It's like a really bad magician, right? He's go holding up the rabbit, and he's like, rabbit, and he's like, look over there, and then, like, the rabbit's gone. Like my sin isn't that big a deal, Dad. It shouldn't offend you that much because look how messed up. And everybody on this side of the room is like, why are you pointing at us? Look how messed up they are. And we dismiss it. And we dismiss our own deal and the own, our own things, and it leads to an indifference. We miss out on the prompting of God. The next evidence of being lukewarm is that we begin to, uh, we have a belief in Jesus, but we rarely share our faith. Just do a quick evaluation of what happens more in your life. What happens more in your life? Do you spend more time going to Jesus, asking him to do things and provide things and help you with things? Which, which means you believe in him and you think that he's there for you. Does that happen more often or do you more oftentimes find yourself telling other people about who Jesus is and what he means in your life? And the reason that you live the way that you do. And the way that you hold on to the priorities that you have and your faith in Jesus. Which, which happens more? happens more? Do you find yourself asking Jesus for things, or do you find yourself telling people about what Jesus means? Which one happens more often? And if we begin to look at which one happens more often, we begin to see, oh man, if I'm just always asking for things and never talking about who he is, I probably need to recognize there's some spiritual indifference. I mean, really, this is like saying, Jesus, I I, I need you to take the wheel, but if anybody asks how we got here, let's let them know that I drove. I need you to, but I'm going to be the one that looks like I did it. Two more. Next evidence of indifference is this. Only turning to God when we need Him. If God is a a tool in your toolkit, when we have issues in life, when there's things that are going on, if God is a tool that you bring out to help fix things, then we're missing out on what He wants to be. If He's a tool in our toolbox and not the God that we worship, the God that we fear, then we're missing out, because basically we're living like, oh, today's a bad day. Oh, no, no, no I, uh, the things are going wrong. God, God, I need to help you. Where uh, he, He's in my toolbox. Oh, God, toolbox, good. Okay, everything, fix that. Everything's back to, get, okay, God, back in the toolbox, and now we just, <gasps> now somebody's sick. Where's God? Oh, 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 there's God. Okay, fixed it. Back in the toolbox. God, if you could just stay in the toolbox until I come up against another task or another situation that I can't solve... That would be good. Just chill back here, and I'll call you when I need you. And we just turn to him when we need him. And then the last evidence of being indifferent or lukewarm is that there's little difference from everyone else. We're entertained the way everybody's entertained. We watch the same movies that everybody watches. We listen to the same music. We spend our money the same way. We raise our kids with the same values. Spending our li- basically spending our life doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, everybody else around us, if that's exactly the same— we might be moving towards indifference. And even without knowing it, and even without intending to do it, we might find ourselves waking up one day finding ourselves just spiritually indifferent. Now, if you're here or if you're watching at home and none of those are ever an issue for you, if in your life you never deal with any of those things, the good news is you are free to go. Okay, the last song that the band's got this morning, it is good, but we're just gonna cut you loose early. It's sunny outside. You go enjoy your day because I got nothing for you. If none of that resonates at all. I'm going to close my eyes if any of you want to go. If you're at home, just click that X. But however, if you have ever thought, yeah, I've seen times where I've slipped into indifference. Or if you just simply say, you know what, I want want to value, I want to be locked in to who Jesus is. I want to pursue him daily. I don't want to find myself lukewarm. I want to be able to evaluate when I start to drift that way. And you've seen those things. I just want to wrap this up this morning by looking at how we can truly begin to follow the leader towards restoring that passion. How we can follow the leader towards a restored passion for who he is and what he can be in our life. Let me just make a quick note. This, This is just a side note indifference or a lack of indifference is not eliminated in our life because we feel superior spiritually to other people. Like if you really feel like you figured it out in the ways that other people haven't figured out, that doesn't mean that you've arrived and that you've overcome indifference. Like when we think what we've reached the level where we now get to point out where other people are lacking... Where we get to call out where they don't get it, where we're the ones that are like, I get to speak the truth about how you're not getting it, that is not spiritual maturity. Actually, Jesus dealt pretty directly with those people that were very spiritually knowledgeable, that knew lots about God and knew a lot of truth about the Bible. Jesus was never impressed with them. He never was approving of their actions. Jesus never came to the real spiritually mature, and he never patted them on the back and said, you know what, you just keep letting those people have it. You got it figured out. You keep telling them where they're wrong. Good work, good work, keep going. Really, the way that he approached those people that were spiritually knowledgeable, yet lacked compassion and grace, he said, you're completely empty, I mean, his response to those individuals was similar to his response to those individuals that were lukewarm and indifferent. He's like, you're missing it. It makes me sick. So let's see, how do we follow our leader and restore passion? The passion that Jesus encourages us to. Two things, two steps. First step is this, is every single day take an action that requires faith. It doesn't even have to be big. Just do something that requires you to step out in faith. Something that you're like, I'm not sure I can do that, and I can't do it on my own, so I'm going to need Jesus to give me the strength. I mean, it could be as simple as as standing up for somebody that other people are tearing down or making fun of. Stepping in and just saying, no, we're not going to do that. Maybe it is that you buy a gift for somebody that drives you absolutely crazy, and you just want to let them know that they're valuable maybe you choose to apologize to somebody that you hurt knowing that they're not going to receive it well. Maybe you choose to forgive somebody that hurt you knowing they don't deserve it and they haven't even asked for it. Maybe you're a part of one of our connect groups and, and you, you volunteer to pray out loud knowing, I- I'm scared to death, but Jesus, just give me the strength to do this. Just take an act take a step of faith. Maybe it's to reach out to someone that God puts on your heart knowing that they don't currently know Jesus and Jesus is like, establish that relationship. Maybe you need to expose your heart to something that breaks the heart of God and begin to develop a righteous anger towards the things that violate the heart of God. Maybe you just take a step and you begin to pray for something that seems absolutely impossible through human effort. And only possible through God's effort. Maybe you just need to attempt something on your own that you know you could never actually do under your own power, but with the presence of the Holy Spirit working in your life, it might be able to be accomplished. Listen to how Jesus challenged the church in Laodicea. Jesus said this I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Indifference is simply saying, I'm not planning to do anything. I Don't really care that much. I'm probably not responding. Jesus, I hear it. I'm probably not turning. And Jesus is saying, listen, if you don't want to get there, you gotta be diligent. You gotta stay focused. It means you gotta take, you gotta take care of it, you gotta be aware of it, you gotta give focus to it, you've got to provide consistent effort. And one of the greatest ways that we can be diligent and provide consistent effort is to take action every day. Just one action. If you take one action every day that requires faith. You will find yourself stepping outside of what you know that you can do, and suddenly you'll see Jesus step in and fill in the void. Choosing to do something that makes you uncomfortable, or choosing to do something that's beyond your ability, it will require faith, and it will allow you to trust in Jesus more, and allow him to begin to make up the difference, and begin to remove and change you from a place of indifference. And as you and I start taking one action each day that requires faith, it begins to open us up to the second step. And the second step is simply choosing and deciding that you will respond each time you hear the voice of Jesus. Decide that anytime you hear the voice of Jesus, you will not make excuses for why you won't respond. Even if you don't like it, even if it seems challenging, determine you won't ignore his voice. And then letting Jesus know, Jesus, I will respond if you speak. If you tell me something, I will respond. I'll do it. And then do it. Here's how Jesus wraps up this letter. If, you're, if you've been in church for a while, you've heard this verse so many times, but I think oftentimes we get it out of context. But here's what Jesus says. He says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now, if you've been around church for a long time, you've heard that v- verse when we talk about somebody accepting Jesus for the first time. Like, we see, we always imagine this person kind of sitting there not knowing Jesus, and he shows up, and he knocks on the door, and they're like, ah, It's Jesus! And they open the door, and they let him in, right? Like, that's, that's how we normally see that verse. But don't miss the context. Jesus didn't just write this letter to a bunch of people that didn't know him. He just wrote this letter to a bunch of church people, like, you guys, us guys you at home we're church people he was writing a letter to a bunch of people that kind of got lazy that became lukewarm and if we want to avoid getting lazy if we want to avoid being lukewarm if we want to avoid indifference it happens when we begin to recognize that Jesus daily is standing outside he's knocking he is saying hey can i can i get involved today hey, hey hey do i get to be a part of this today and every day we have that opportunity. He's in our life. He's, we, we've accepted him, all of that. I'm not saying that you have to like re-accept Jesus every day. But what I am saying is that every single day we have to make that choice to say, come back, yeah, let's go. You and me can go together. And when we open that door, what we're inviting into our life is for Jesus to come in and sit down and eat with us. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how eating in this particular culture at this particular time was so huge. It was so much more than just eating. It was doing life together it was developing relationship together it was about moving forward together and jesus is saying listen i am going to knock again and again and again and you can have the opportunity every time to open it up and hear my voice clearly and hear what i'm calling you to do and respond to my voice and allow it to impact your life and be able to move you beyond a place of indifference and a place of being lukewarm and when we open that door, we have the opportunity to know that he's right there with us each and every time. And as you and I choose to follow the leader, as you and I choose to recognize the problem in our lives is so often that we can drift towards indifference, we can begin to take those steps and begin to take action, make a choice of something, doing something that requires faith and opening the door every time we hear his voice. And every week we challenge you and we try to give you some next steps that you can respond to. Some things that you can do based on what you've heard this morning to determine for yourself what your next step is going to be. So this morning, here's the next steps: Some things for that you can choose to do if you desire to move beyond spiritual indifference or lukewarm. Basically, begin to go back and reflect and determine which of those causes of indifference you identify with most. Maybe you need to evaluate your life against the list of evidences of lukewarm indifference. Maybe your next step is you need to decide one action that you can take today or you can take tomorrow that will require faith. What is it? One thing. Maybe you just need to take some time and let Jesus know that when you hear his voice, you will respond. Whatever it is, I would just challenge you to respond to what Jesus is saying to you today. Don't sit. Don't wait. Just respond. Respond to what he is calling you to do. And allow yourself to move past and fight through that draw sometimes that we have towards indifference. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Jesus, thank you that we continue to have the opportunity to gather together. Would you help each of us to examine our lives, to pay attention to those points where we may find ourselves drifting away, becoming lukewarm or becoming indifferent to you? to recognizing all that you've done, would you help us to begin to take some steps to begin to recognize that it's going to take some action and some discipline and some, some things on our part to continue to renew that relationship and keep it as fresh as it can be? Jesus, would you help us to hear as you knock on that door each and every day of our lives to invite you into the process to continue to build and grow that relationship that we become more and more attuned to your voice That when we would hear you, we would respond. Help us to follow you as our leader. See the value of that in our lives. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.